We have some scripture verses this morning, and I'm going to talk about vision-based living. Now, I understand this morning that there are probably a thousand books on vision. You've probably heard a thousand sermons on vision. And, you know, I myself read them and have gleaned, gleaned much from them. And uh, uh, so I hope this will just add a little bit and not just add to your knowledge, but empower or inspire it into reality uh, in how you live. Vision-based living. So we give me the scripture verses. Thank you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You will notice that all of those situations, characteristics, have an impact upon sight and seeing. Every one of them. All right, next verse. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. You navigate your circumstances, but you live by vision. Your circumstances are not your vision. They are to be navigated. But you live by vision. For without a vision, the people perish. perish. In other words, they don't live. There's no guidance or guidelines for their life. There is no divine guidance. It's kind of going life alone. We're going to talk this morning from a Christian standpoint. First of all, vision must have human heart and human feet. Vision lives by a right inner disposition, a disposition of faith. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, that which is, you know, the vision, what the vision is for. So it needs a human heart and human feet. God's vision for life, God's vision for your life. Not just the general vision that, is, that Christians have, but that very personalized vision also that he desires to be part of his greater vision for humanity. Vision must so impact your heart that it has an effect on your conversation and the direction that reflects your vision. It must be that impactful that the decisions and the choices that you make keep the arrows pointing in the direction that the vision has revealed. 
It is only truly with the heart that you can really see, and we'll develop that. It's only truly with the heart that you can really see. Paul wrote in Ephesians, he says that the understanding he prayed may be enlightened. That inner self, more than just what the eye sees, more than what the ear gate hears, more than what you just feel, it is an inner perception. This Vision is so important in your life because, you know, without it, there's no excitement. It's mundane. It's Monday morning all the time. Oh, my. And when you don't have excitement in your life, every time you, you know, the tendency is, is that you just return to the past. Your memory, you know, is about yesterday. It's the limit of your sight. It is uh, 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 like the Hebrew children. Remember when they came out of the land of bondage and they got out there so long and all of a sudden they didn't have vision for the future and so they wanted to return. Something that's, I don't know, comforting about, you know, yesterday. Because you've already navigated it. And so if you just stay with that mountain, you pretty well got the pattern down. But it's just a circle. It has its experience, it has its variables, but it's just repeat. Those past disappointments, those failures, you know, they tie you down. They won't let you dream. They create a fear. It's like a safety net, but it's not a vision board. You see, the past is a place of reference. It is not a place of residence. And the longer you live in the past, the less future you have to enjoy. So when we've read that passage of scripture about the anointing, Jesus says he heals the brokenhearted. He's talking about that he heals what has happened because of past conditions. What breaks your heart? Delayed dreams. Failures at one point to us that seem like failures and that actually when reality they're building blocks. Character development. <coughs> yeah. So you don't want to live in the past. You want to live in the future. Let me just give you a general idea, you know what I mean? And the scripture says that if we have hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. He said, you really got to have, you know, a further vision than what is present. Sometimes we're afraid of vision. You can have all the promises in the world, but if that doesn't translate to vision, okay, it's just a promise. Note that is never when never cashed in. 
Nehemiah, when he began to hear about the people, their condition, they were sad. They were visionless. And yet, it's been 13 years when God threw, uh, not Ezra, Ezra was the prophet, Cyrus gave him a promise. The promise was that there was going to be a restoration. The promise was that, you know what I mean, there was going to be some mighty things that God would do, and yet they're still living. Though they have the promise, it has not evolved. I don't know if that's a good word or not, but <laughs> developed <laughs> into a, you know, a vision of hope. Because you can tell it hadn't. Because they were sad. They were depressed. They were downcast. And so God sends Nehemiah, you know, and he hears the plight of them, and he becomes, you know what I mean, a vision planter, a vision encourager. Yes. So you don't want to just have promise without vision. You want to have promise that produces vision. For vision must have heart and feet. When they got up and began to build the wall, the vision began to become reality. The enemies that were continually and constantly plaguing them all of a sudden was finding resistance. Because the walls were being built. The change of thought. Promise was not just in letter. Promise all of a sudden began to be in spirit. And it's, that's what vision really is. It's when promise, you know, gets in your spirit. So Jesus came to restore vision and help our broken visions more than our natural sight and we will see that he is the light of the world to heal the blindness of darkness the prophet I believe it was Isaiah said that you know darkness is everywhere and gross darkness and people were living in it and then didn't have a clue that they were living in it. I told you that vision takes heart and feet. In John chapter 9, if you remember the, the miracle of Jesus, when the, the blind person, he stoops down and gathers some clay. And then he spits on it. Ugly-ish. Let me tell you what I get out of that. I believe the clay is the natural man. <clears throat> Going back to creation. And I believe that the spit or the spittle represents something that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it is the coming together of the clay and the word of God that produces light and sight. Oh, yes. Jesus said his word was spirit and they are life. Yes, thank you, Lord. Eyes that have lost vision to be opened again is why Jesus came. <laughs> Bringing sight both to those that are totally blind and those with low vision. Loss of vision due to past f failures and circumstances. 
Remember what the word says to the Laodiceans. Anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might see. The vision, no, was wrong. Their perception, you know, had some cataracts to it. Releasing that recovery anointing. You see, vision all starts with light. I'm not a ophthalmologist, but I know that the first thing that's, that happens is there is a light. Then after the light, there is the receptors of that light, and then there is the processors of that light, and then there is the transmission of that light. And all of a sudden, it has definition. And this is what we call sight. Vision's the same way. Yes. Psalms 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding. Well, Psalms 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Restoration of sight, as far as God is concerned, is always connected to the word. And the Holy Spirit comes along to empower, you know what I mean? To, to, to be that spittle, so to speak, in the clay of our lives. It's receiving light into your soul. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your body will be full of light. You catch that? It affects your whole body. It's just not a picture that you see, it's a health element. That results. Oh, yes. I love it. See, vision is more than reaching for something. And most of the vision books that you will read will always be you're reaching for something. But I want to give the ingredient that is vision is living by something. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is the entrance of thy word that gives light. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word today. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. See, true vision is receiving light into your soul. And out of that, then the vision of God is able to be reflected. You can have vision without God. Jesus said, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what profit is it? What is vision? It's gaining something. It's reaching for something. But as the game goes, you got a corner on rye this morning. 
Because you're not just living because of what you see. You're living this morning by something. Not just for something. I believe that's vision-based living. It's a navigational light. It's a light that prevents drifting. A couple of Sundays ago, I talked to you about how it's the street lights that we turn on. Yes, vision. Your vision of God, how you see God. That's what I loved about the songs this morning. How you see God affects your vision. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me read for you Luke chapter 11, verse 34, that tells us that a pure eye lets light into the soul. A pure eye is, an un, is unmixed. It's not mixed with anything else. It has a singleness toward God. Remember what he said? If your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. That's why it's important that it's Jesus first, Jesus last. There can only be one master in your life. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or love the one and hate the other. Boy, it draws a pretty straight line, doesn't it? Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into the soul. But an evil eye shuts out light and plunges into darkness. Make sure that the light in you, the light you think you have, is not really darkness. If you are always seeing the faults of someone else, you need vision adjustment. How is it, he says, that you see the Sliver in somebody else, somebody else's eye or living, because we live by sight, and you don't see the log in your own eye. And he says, if you'll get rid of that, your vision will clear up. Somebody give the Lord a praise. And I'll tell you why. Yes, yes. It's about clearing up vision, being able to see. To clear it out. We need to monitor our own lives more than we monitor someone else's. It might make you feel good, but it does not make you healthy. 
health only comes when we have pure vision, unmixed. Yes. Vision lives best in a good disposition. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. David, when he lost his way, he didn't ask for kingdom restoration. You know what I mean? He didn't ask for personal vision. He didn't ask for those things that, you know what I mean, sometimes inspire us. He asked for, first of all, that the light on the inside Cleanse me. Wash me and restore the joy of your salvation. Yes. I want to see. I want to see. How do we? Once we get that lined up in our lives, I like to preach not because I see a problem but because I see a promise. (laughs) Yeah. Hallelujah. You get a hold of the promise and the problem just kind of seems to fall by the wayside. Every one of us needs dreams and goals or markers and that is indeed all part of, you know, Vision, without a doubt. But it's about light. It's about light in your soul. The light of the eye has an effect on the total health, body, soul, and spirit. How it sees from whom it sees, and what it sees. Isaiah was able to capture the vision that God had for his life once he saw God as he really was. Remember? He saw him high and lifted up. How great is our God? But not only that, did he only, not only see him as high and lifted up, but he saw him holy. And that's what really affected him. To the point that he cried out with regard to himself, I'm unclean. Do you ever do that? No, I know I'm washed. I know I'm clean. But I recognize where my cleanness and my righteousness comes from. 
Paul, the great apostle, said, oh, wretched man that I am. He's a full-grown apostle, grown apostle. He's been preaching worldwide. Yeah. But he didn't forget who it is that makes him clean. So let's start with vision quickly this morning. When you're going to have turn that vision into something, it takes more than just dreaming. Dreams are easy, but goals change your life. When Isaiah saw, you know what I mean? And the commission came out of what he saw. Because it made him ready for his commission. He couldn't go, you know what I mean, with, with a word until he saw, you know what I mean, that he wasn't some puffed up, powerful, a cut above. <laughs> I'm going to a people. And so God had to change his heart, melt his heart, you know what I mean? And, 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 and go ahead and, and, and squeeze, as it were, or put passion and compassion in him. Habakkuk says you need to write the vision. There's a term that's used, and you're probably familiar with it, but it's called a vision board. Write it down. You have a vision. Make it plain. There is God's vision, which is your role in his kingdom. And then there is personal vision, which is the desires of your heart. Which God loves to keep and do as desires of your heart. But I believe that God's vision for us is found in our vision of God. I do. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You want to personalize your vision. The general vision is that I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord, thank God for that, because that's important. But what about the in-between? What does God want to do in-between? With your life and for your life. How do you know what the vision should be for your life. How does it fit? Number one, I think you need to capture the talents, the gifts, and the strengths that God has given to you. And they should all be part of that vision when it's from God. Got to find your bent, so to speak. In other words, like a musician must do music. An artist must do art. It's your bent. It's what you love to do, what you find greatest fulfillment in. 
When it says train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He's actually saying, you know what I mean? Find the bent of your child and help him go in that direction. And he'll stick with it. Why? Because it's God's vision for that life. Vision can be so clear and so exact. You know what I mean? That according to Paul, when he finished things up, he said, I've finished it. I've completed it. There's been times I had to fight for it. But now I've crossed the finish line. What an amazing testimony. Other people can help you with their vision, but only you can really discern what that vision is supposed to be. My vision is not Pastor Hilton's vision, someone that you know. Or the next, you know, pastor or preacher. And it's important that you stay aligned with your vision. Because that's where fulfillment, and otherwise you, you, you will drain in yourself and, and, and just kind of, you know what I mean, end up weary trying to chase somebody else's vision. And that's not saying there is a corporate vision connection too. We're not there yet. Corporate vision. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. By God's grace, when I finish here, I hope to be able to say that, not because I'm dying, (laughs) but a leg of the race, you know, I've known what to do, and that is endeavoring to bring health and hope you know, an inspiration to people's lives. Instill, you know, the Almighty God into people's hearts and lives. He didn't call me to build buildings. He didn't call me to go to the mission field. Is that legitimate? Absolutely. But it's not his vision for my life. So number one, you need to stop fighting against yourself. God has formed you. The gifts, the talents have more possibilities than maybe what you see today. But that's where you come in. You've got to have heart and got to have feet. Stop waiting for permission to walk your dream. It's never too late to walk your dream. What's that pull in your heart? Now, if you found it, don't let this thing pull you some other direction that somehow you're not fulfilled or somehow you're not there. But if possible that you know your days are coming up empty and and unfulfilled don't wait for the right circumstance take this next step yes protect your spiritual eyesight 
cultivate vision and perspective. Don't let the voyage of life become, you know, a barren waste place. Make it a garden of life. Because that's what Jesus has planted. When he spoke to Israel about the vineyard, you know, he planted a vineyard and he cared for it. He wanted it to produce all the fruit of the various vines that were in it. I love the story of Elijah in Gehazi, his servant, and how Gehazi helped, or excuse me, how Elijah helped Gehazi see more than the circumstances. And he prayed for him and helped him, number one, to see God's presence. As he prayed that the heavens were opened up and he saw those chariots of fire in the armies of God, he was seeing God's presence. That's what you have for your life. Not only as a result of God's presence, but also God's protection. Peter could step out of the boat because he had an invitation. Yes, you're on a voyage. We started out by this, be a student of God's word. Because you see, just as you plant a garden, it's the seeds that you put in it. And it's the environment that you keep that's going to determine the growth and the success of the vision that God has given to you. Do your part. Be the feet. Be the heart. It's not denying the circumstances. Mary recognized the problem. But she was open also to the possibility and the power. My problem is, God, I'm not married. Your vision in God's will for your life will always carry problem areas. But it comes with power provision. All God needs is your yes. Is your yes. God needs your heart. God needs your feet. Thomas Edison said this. Vision without execution is hallucinations. Now, that's not the word of God, okay? (laughs) But you ever see those who ever dreaming, but there's never any feet? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. You can replace that there with, in the beginning, God had an idea. The idea will never become reality until there's some feet. (laughs) How many know that Jesus is the feet of God's idea? Jesus carried, you know, had the heart to carry the heart of God. 
And isn't it interesting that Jesus could not be swayed from the particulars of God's vision for him, even though the vision, you know, of the world lay before him. There was a lot to be done, but it wasn't his to do. And it wasn't the right time to do it. He shall reign as king of kings and the Lord of lords. And they tried over and over to get him there early. But no, he knew what he had to do in the hour of the days that he was living. You were not created to do everything. But you were born to be and make an impact. Amen? So stop running from your purpose. And in the process... of that game of life, you gotta be flexible. Flexibility. You need to have some half times. The great football games play for one half and they go into the, the locker room and they make an assessment of the first half. You know, winning or losing, should we stick with the plan or should we make some adjustments? And how many times has, you know what I mean, a losing team went into the locker room, made some halftime adjustments, and all of a sudden came out winning on the other side. Amen? Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Yes. Maybe you've been losing in the first half. But God says you need to take a break. You need to have a halftime with me. You need to come in, you know what I mean, to the coach of your life. Let's sit down and let's talk this over. We'll see, you know what I mean, the mistakes that you may have made and the things that you have done right, and we'll give you a game plan for the second half of this game. Oh, yes. Because he has made us winners, we are more than conquerors through Christ who has loved us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God be for us, who can be against us? There is no weapon formed against you that can prosper. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Don't get stalled in the first half of the game. Be flexible. Make adjustments. Stop running from your purpose. Hallelujah. Pastor, how do I know if the vision is from God? Vision begins by concern. By concern. Nehemiah, it says, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept. Something inspires you. Something grips inside. It may be small. It may be large. It may be one time or it may be the whole of life. But it starts with concern. When God called me to pastor here, He started with concern. 
Because I said, God, I don't want it. I want to be big time in the Twin Cities. Thank God he delivered me. (laughs) He said, that's fine, son. But then they will be like sheep without a shepherd. Not that I was the only one that could do it, you know what I mean? But it was concern. I got to do this. It might not, might not be my choice, you know. It might not have the glamour that I would like it to have. It might not have the reputation that, you know what I mean, that gets spread across wherever. It might not have all the glory. The glory only comes after the resurrection. How many know that? The cross is not glorious. But after there is the sacrifice, there is the resurrection. Obviously, you have to develop. I'll ask my musicians to come because it's growing late here because I just want to wrap a couple of things up. To act at the appointed time. Vision has an appointment. A particular. A lot of people in the Bible had right vision, but wrong timing. Joseph had right vision, but his timing almost got him killed. God had to deliver him, and oh, what an ugly deliverance. (laughs) Moses' timing was off and led to 40 years in exile. His vision was true, but his timing was off. That's why spending God is so important. Waiting on the Lord is paramount. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up of wings as the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting is not wasted time. Now, it's not wasted time. Waiting is development. The difference between a home run and a long foul ball is what? Timing. The batter swings, it takes off, and it's far enough for a home run, but it's just off. Had the swing been just a little bit later, it would have been a home run. So it's just timing. Remember Jesus kept saying, My time has not come. It's the right thing. The vision is right, but the time has not come. And then, after all of that, then finally he says, don't hinder it any longer. It's time. Let us go. I don't know how that relates, and I don't want things to delay because of that. 
but I believe that the time has come. I'm not one in my next statement that leans heavily this direction, but I want to share it with you for food of thought. As we look at 2020, from a Hebrew standpoint, that is the children of Israel, from a Hebrew standpoint, the decade of the teens of 19 is a decade or was a decade to them of the decade of the eye. The decade of the eye where everything was kind of, you know what I mean, the eye gate. There have been a lot of, lot of, you know, variable, uh, good, and at the same time questionable prophetic words. It's called Aeon, the decade of, of the eye. Very selfish. Very me-centered, very I-centered. And then when we come to the, what they talk about is the Hebrew calendar 5780. It's the decade of declaration. Decade of declaration. It's coming in agreement with God's word. It's your mouth that becomes part of this decade, this year. What you say. I'm not being glib with that, okay? It's aligning with the word of God. He said to Joshua, this word of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Remember, we started out with the word because it's light. Envision starts with light. That you may observe to do it according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Psalms 1 and 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. And we see the promise of that whatsoever his hands do, it has an improsperousness to it. A declaration, a decade of declaration. And I encourage you to be a word person. in 2020. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight, O Lord, and my strength and my Redeemer. So it seems like there is conversation that's not acceptable in His sight. Would you agree with me on that? If there's some that's accessible and some that's not accessible, you know? 
Paul said this, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, that is the word of faith that we preach. He said that there are some that see and then believe, but there are those that if they believe, you know, and have not seen, they're more blessed than the ones that have to wait for it to be seen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I work on that all the time. Because this whole mind... It can get away from you. It's a decade, 2020. Not just the year 2020, but this next decade is a year of divine establishment. What has been waiting is now going to come to pass because God does not hit foul balls we do but he doesn't it is a decade of dominion I give you power You shall receive power. We started out with the passage of Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal, to restore our vision, to restore our hope, to take away the sadness, the discouragement, and to empower us to navigate the circumstances of life. decade of new dreams and a decade of new destinies why because it's been half time transition and change an invitation to come into the courts of God I hope I'm making sense It's game plan adjustment. It's not doing things the same old way. Coach Jesus. Coach Jesus has a game plan for the second half of this game. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You need to live by that. It is Sunday, by the way, but, you know, I don't want you to, you know, miss work tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. There are things that obscure our vision. But it takes clay and spittle for sight to be restored. It takes heart and feet for vision to be realized. What's your vision? What's the heart? Beat of God in you. I can't speak for you. I could speak for my daughter, but you know, if she's a teacher, you know, that's always been her heart. That was her bent. And from a child, she 
nothing kept her off that. She pursued it. And if she were to testify to you and, and tell you how all the doors that have opened up and how fulfilling it is that had come her way just by being in that position. With all the restriction can find, you know what I mean? You find a way to just go ahead and encourage and communicate and let a little light shine here and a little light shine there. As you stand with me this morning, I know I took a long time. Pray. Father, this morning, you said the anointing breaks the yoke. That yoke there is not that yoke where we're yoked with you, but where we're yoked to the wrong things. We may be yoked to heartache, disappointments, and failures. We may be yoked to negativism and criticism. We may be yoked to doubt and fear. We may be yoked to a report that is pulling the shade upon life. But we ask you this morning, by that anointing, that it will break. And that light will break in and hope will arise faith will flourish and promises will be realized don't let 2020 just be another year Let 2020, God, be a year of divine dominion in the lives of the people. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let vision be restored in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Go be the heart and feet that's necessary to your vision. Go with God. He's already on the way. <laughs>